The Truth News Network. Where the truth is relative, all truths are equal. Yet some truths are more equal than others. Congratulations, you found the right truths. This is TNN, the Truth News Network. And for your daily dose of fact, here's Dan Newman. Right here is where we dig 24-7 to find facts. Nothing but the facts. We call that truth. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us today on TNN Live. We're going to do the last work day of 2023. We're going to do it together. And I kind of like that. I like it. Joining you every morning, Monday through Friday here. We have so much to dig into and dig out of this morning. You better get loaded and get ready. We're going to do it next. You got me feeling so So
then you listen to Toby Mac do that song and just continue to sit there. <laughs> you got to get up and move around a little bit. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to TNN Live, our Friday edition, last Friday of 2023. Can you believe we're already looking at a new year? It seems like just yesterday we hailed in 2023 and now we're kissing it goodbye this weekend and welcoming in 2024. Much going on. Not all of it good. Thankfully, not all of it bad. We're going to deep dive into a bunch of it today. And anytime you like what you hear, we want you to be thankful for that. But if you don't like what you hear and you want to take um, take me on regarding an opinion I give you, feel free to do so. You can drop me a text at dan at truthnewsnet.org. Actually, that's an email, dan at truthnewsnet.org. Or if you're brazen, you can give us a call live. Go on the show with us, one 37 truth Yeah, it's a free call, one 378 7884 much of what we're getting into now as we move into the new year and we're getting full bore into a election cycle. You think we're talking a lot about elections now and through the past fall? You wait till the new year hits. It's going to be nonstop every day. Many television stations and radio stations and podcasts are going to be 24-7 trying to sell Americans on the candidates that the media think are the best for us, not the people think these candidates are the best for us, but the media and, of course, the hardcore uh, people from Washington, D.C., the campaign specialists, the pollsters, they're going to wear us out like we've never been worn out regarding election stuff ever before. And it's really, really bad right now. I kept yesterday all the texts and emails that I got. And you got to remember this. I'm a very conservative American, but I am not a Republican. Many years ago when we started our website, truthnewsnet.org, even before TNN Lie came to life, I uh, felt like it would be better for me to change my Louisiana registration, political registration, from Republican to Independent. So I am officially an Independent. And I'm one of those Independents because of my conservatism. I lean far, far to the right as compared to what most people think of the left and the right. I'm not an extremist. I'm not one of those MAGA whatever they want to call us now. I mean, I've never seen a sitting president, every time he references a political opponent, he just takes a slam at him, calls him MAGA extremist. Of course, that's a reference to anybody that supported Donald Trump and supports him now. There are reasons for that. You know that. They believe, they being the hard left, they think they can talk you into doing anything that they want you to do. And you're so naive, the truth doesn't matter to you. You're sold out to the politicization of whatever Democrats tell you to do, to think, or not to. And don't dismiss that. 
think that through. If you are a registered Democrat, even if you're not registered, or you're somebody that is not registered at all, but kind of aligns yourselves with the left and their political ideologies, you're being taken to the cleaners because you're not getting facts out of the political leaders on the left. You're not. You want to give me, you want me to give you a case in point that illustrates that probably better than any other thing? It's this. How many times have you heard anybody that gets in front of a television camera and leans left or is a Democrat in office somewhere or part of the Democrat National Committee? And they get to talking about Donald Trump. What's the number one thing they say about Donald Trump? He's a dictator. He wants to be a dictator. He wants to destroy democracy. Okay. Anybody can say anything. We have free speech, First Amendment in the United States. So whatever your opinion is, you have the legal right to express it. Well, until the last few years when this administration started legalizing the weaponization of media against anybody who disagrees with the Democrats. That alone proves that what everyone on the left is saying about Donald Trump wanting to be a Democrat, not a Democrat, wanting to be a dictator, wants to destroy our democracy, and he is a true authoritarianist. And in fact, many are calling him, they're calling him Hitler, part two. Have you ever analyzed and compared? I'll give you a case in point. Destroying our democracy. What is the fundamental block, foundation of democracy? The people are the ones that decide who are going to govern them. That's the fundamental thing. So what does that mean? Elections. And democracy, and in our representative republic that is a democracy, what did they set up for us to do regarding choosing our leaders? Elections. Elections. So we have watched as a flood of states around the nation have arbitrarily decided you don't have the power anymore to determine, in part, who's going to be your president. Now, they're not supposed to be able to do that. That would mean they were like uh, being dictators, being authoritarian. In other words, you don't know what's good for you. We do. So we're going to only allow the candidates that we know are best for you to be on the ballot. That, my friends, is totalitarianism. It's not even authoritarianism. That's not being a dictator. The dictator would be whoever's in office right now that let this happen. Have you heard President Biden step up and say to any of these states, you can't deprive any citizens from your state the right and the ability to cast their vote for the 2024 presidential choice that they have and want to make. You can't take it away from them. That would be uh, anti-democratic. Have you heard Joe Biden say anything about it? No, he actually clapped. And when asked if he thought, when Colorado's Supreme Court last week decided to kick 
Donald Trump off the Republican Party ballot next year in the state of Colorado. When he was asked about it, Joe said, well, I'm going to let the lawyers determine if this is legitimate or not. But everybody knows he was involved in an insurrection, talking about Donald Trump. So what did he do? By saying that, Joe Biden put his thumb on the election process in a benign way, clapping for the Colorado Supreme Court for making that decision and making it happen. So then, oh my gosh, fall in line. We're going to talk a little bit about that in the latest coming up, but what we need to discuss first is what happened down in Mexico. Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, AML, that's what he's called, or AMLO, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, AMLO, A-M-L-O, that's his nickname. He got together, not with our president. Joe Biden was too busy. He didn't have time between his Christmas vacation and his New Year vacation, you know, the three weeks off that he's taken, like there's nothing going on of import in the United States that he needs to be dealing with. Oh, no, he went to Camp David with all his family and stuff for the Christmas holiday, went back to Washington, D.C. for part of one day, then jumped on a plane to go to St. Croix, where he's going to take another week plus off to just rest. And we're going to let everybody else take care of everything. That's what a leader does, he tells us. We get everything up and running, and then we can go take vacations because everything's okay. So you have these dictators all over Central America and some in South America that have just found all kinds of ways to make big-time money and get rid of a thousand or two every month or so of evil, bad people that are numbered among them and their citizens, the United States wants them to come to the state. So what are we going to do? We're going to facilitate that. So Joe's too busy to go have this meeting with AMLO. So he sends down those two brain surgeons in his cabinet, Homeland Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, and Secretary of State Antony Blinken, they went down and met with the Mexican president and said, look, we need your help. We got to stop this mess. So I'll be short with this. Right after that meeting was over, the Mexican leader, AMLO, had a press conference following U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken's visit to talk about ongoing immigrant crisis at our southern border. There's more and more movement on the border, on the bridges, and that's what we must be careful so the crossings are not closed. That agreement was reached, Obrador said. Now that border crossing thing he referenced is the legal pathways, the ports of entry, from Mexico to the United States and vice versa. There was so much craziness going on, we were having to close those. There's so much economic traffic that comes from Mexico to the U.S., almost principally, almost all of it, and they had to shut down many times the entire crossing process and many trucks, big 18-wheelers that were bringing things from Mexico into the United States that our people on this side needed, 
Sometimes it was taking 16, 17 hours just to get across one of those two bridges. So I guess it's a good thing Oberdor agreed that they got an agreement on the border bridges. The rail crossings and the border bridges are already being opened to normalize the situation, he said. Every day there's more movement on the border bridges. Secretary of State Blinken, Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas, other U.S. official, officials met with Oberdor yesterday and talked about what they call, quote, joint efforts on current border challenges. So as I told you earlier this month, we had to shut down several of the crossings, including two really key railroad bridges, to redeploy enforcement resources elsewhere amid soaring migrant numbers, a pivotal issue in next year's U.S. elections. I think everybody will agree with that. Now, AMLO characterized the meeting with Blinken and Alejandro Mayorkas as direct, and he praised his country's relationship with who? Joe Biden. The relationship with Biden is very good. He's a very respectful person of us. Mexico, he said, adding that Biden understands this migration phenomenon has to do with poverty. Well, if Biden told him that, he lied. It has nothing to do with poverty. It has to do with the Democrat Party. I spoke with President Lopez Obrador of Mexico regarding efforts to manage migration in the Western Hemisphere. Now, this is Joe Biden speaking. I want you to listen closely to his exact words. I'm going to repeat that first sentence. This is quoting our president. I spoke with President Lopez Obrador of Mexico regarding efforts to manage migration in the Western Hemisphere. Now, who the heck gave Joe Biden the authority tasked with the job to manage immigration in the Western Hemisphere. That wasn't part of his oath of office or any president's oath of office. He continued saying this. This is Joe Biden. More enforcement actions are urgently needed to reopen key ports of entry across our shared border. Our teams will convene in the coming days to further actions. And then there's Mayorkas, oh boy, he told us everything that went on. He said we had a very productive meeting with Obrador and members of his cabinet. The regional challenge of migration, here we go again, Western Hemisphere. Now it's a regional challenge of migration, requires regional solutions. Alejandro, who gave you the responsibility to even have input into migration's regional solutions. No, sir, you're supposed to control and make sure migration in and from the United States is handled according to that document that you obviously have never read, the United States Constitution. And oh, by the way, immigration laws, you should have a book on your desk somewhere that is full of the federal past laws regarding every part of immigration. That's what you're supposed to do. You don't have any 
any whatsoever permission to do anything outside of the United States. Blinken said this, U.S.-Mexico partnership is crucial to prosperity and security in our countries and throughout the Americas. Good to discuss these issues and our shared efforts to reduce irregular migration. There's no such thing. It's either migration or it's illegal entry. There's only two things there. Despite concerns about the trafficking of fentanyl across the border, the U.S. and Mexican delegations hardly discussed the issue. Now, this is according to AMLO. The bilateral talks come as hundreds of migrants and asylum seekers, many with small children, slowly walk south across southern Mexico. The caravan, which Lopez Obrador has reduced to some 1,500 people, is unlikely to reach the U.S. border. That's from Reuters. U.S. Representative Tim Burchett reacted to the reports of the decision by U.S. and Mexico in a post on X, formerly Twitter. We have been sold out by our overlords. Remember this in 2024. Burchett, he's not even from a border state. He's from Tennessee. They didn't get anything done, but what they quietly agreed to among themselves, number one, we need to have a plan of amnesty. Amnesty. What is amnesty? That would mean somebody would wave the magic wand across every illegal that's in the United States. And all of a sudden, they become being here legal. No president has that authority. No secretary of state has that authority. No secretary of homeland security has that authority. That authority rests in one body in the U.S. government. That's the people's houses, Senate and House of Representatives. Unless and until that body decides to change immigration laws, Everybody that works in the Biden administration is committing felony acts regarding their suborning illegal immigration. And the law is pretty specific about what those penalties should be, but they're not being enforced. Joe Biden's not enforcing them. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Democracy exists to allow the people to craft the processes of living and running the business of America, right? Our forefathers put all that together in the United States Constitution. There have been subsequent changes to the Constitution according to, and it's okay to do it through the processes delineated in the Constitution. And so they've done it. I think we have 27 amendments to it. So on what authority does Joe Biden... Alejandro Mayorkas, Antony Blinken, and everybody else in the Biden administration, on what authority are they not enforcing those laws? Not doing that is impeachable. It's criminal activity. And these people should be kicked to the curb, if not tried for treason.
and I'm being kind when I weigh it that way. Meanwhile, the state that's getting hit the hardest and has been for years regarding these illegal aliens that show up in the thousands, it looks like we're going to hit 270,000 illegals crossing our border in the month of December, just 31 days. Now, Texas passed a law. Governor Abbott signed it into law. When I say Texas passed the law, guess who that is? The Texas state legislature. A bunch of Democrats in there. This was not a Republican deal. Democrats and Republicans are in the same boat in the state of Texas. They want the law enforced. So they got a law. It's a state law. And Texas is detaining thousands of illegals as Governor Abbott expands the powers of his people, law enforcement at the state level, to arrest, imprison, and possibly deport these illegals. Since 2021, Texas cops arrested nearly 10,000 migrants, illegal aliens, under the state's arrest and jail operation. The policies worked. Wow, go figure. The rule of law is being carried out regarding our southern border policies by the state, not by the feds, not by Joe Biden. According to the Associated Press, they've signed agreements authorizing the state to arrest migrants and illegals for trespassing on their property. The Associated Press further notes Texas Governor Greg Abbott had predicted that these arrests would lead to a slowdown in border crossings. When people start learning about this, they're going to stop coming across the Texas border. Abbott said that back in 2021. At the time, Texas-Mexico border crossings had reached 1.2 million per year. Sadly, those numbers have only grown rapidly and rampantly since then. They're still coming through here. That's Maverick County Sheriff Tom Schimberger bluntly explained to the AP. And so to up the ante, Abby has recently expanded the arrest and jail operation. He announced the signing of this legislation. He said, this is Governor Abbott, today in Brownsville, I signed three new laws to better protect Texans and Americans from Biden's open border policies. Illegal entry into Texas is now a crime subject to removal or imprisonment. Texas will also fund new wall construction and increase human smuggling penalties. Starting in March, Texas will allow police to arrest migrants who enter the state illegally and give local judges authority to order them out of the country. The law is considered to be one of the strictest state immigration laws in modern U.S. history. If it continues forward and is enacted in March, the SB4 law signed by Governor Greg Abbott would be one of the strictest state immigration laws in modern U.S. history. The law is comprised of several smaller bills also packaged together. One bill creates a mandatory 10-year minimum prison sentence for smuggling of persons and continuous smuggling of persons. Another bill, it's part of the same law, creates a criminal offense for illegal entry into this state from a foreign nation. 
The law cracks down on repeated attempts to enter Texas. How does it do it? It creates the offense of illegal reentry and penalizes offenders with up to 20 years in prison. It also provides a mechanism to order an offender to return to the foreign nation from which the person enter or attempted to enter our state of Texas. The law provides civil immunity and indemnification for local and state government officials, employees, and contractors for lawsuits resulting from the enforcement of these provisions. Texas DPS, Department of Public Safety, who are in the epicenter of this entire stuff. Spokesman from that department said yesterday, DPS joined Governor Abbott in Brownsville for a press conference on new border security measures and Operation Lone Star. DPS is committed to securing the border and protecting Texas communities as part of our border mission. The fact that the new laws allow migrants to be deported back to their home country is a major selling point. Regarding the trespassing arrest, the AP admits it's unknown how many of those arrested on the border for trespassing are still in the U.S. or were deported or were allowed to stay to seek asylum or had their cases dismissed. In other words, do you think any of this is happenstance? the way this is being handled by our federal government? Absolutely not. They have. Joe Biden, he never had any intention to enforce border security, even before he became president. They're on one track, they being the hardcore leftists. They want this nation full of poor, illegal immigrants And they want to continue giving out the calling card. Y'all come on in. And what would that be? You come here. We're going to house you. We're going to clothe you. We're going to even give you money to live on. We'll take care of your health care. We'll take care of your public education. You come here. All you have to do is just get here. Oh, you don't have a job? Don't worry about it. (laughs) We've got welfare here. And Joe Biden made that legal for illegals to get. If anything, rather than being a deterrent, these new laws, state laws, are attracting more people. At least so far, because it hasn't started working yet. It won't until March. Texas DPS has claimed otherwise, arguing that the trespassing arrests have stopped gang members, human traffickers, and sex offenders. I can see how that's probable. Had we not been there, all of it likely would have crossed into the country unimpeded. The state of Texas is working to send a message to those considering crossing the country illegally to think again. State Rep. David Spiller, he's the author of the latest arrest law in Texas. He concurs. He told the Associated Press that border crossings would likely be far worse without the trespassing arrest. However, he also admitted that these cases add to prosecutors' workloads, depend on cooperation from landowners, and even if defendants are convicted, the offense is not deportable under federal law. 
It's not. But it is under the new Texas law. And under the Texas law, state judges can have these illegals deported. Now, does that mean everything's going to be okay? Oh, no. Biden and his crew yesterday, though Biden's at St. Croix, they notified the governor they're going to sue the state of Texas for doing the job that the United States of America is constitutionally required to do. And they're not only not doing their job, they're authoritarily creating new ones, new policies that are in direct contravention to the U.S. Constitution itself. This is unbelievable. Another big caravan of illegal immigrants barreling toward us. And the regime, that's what they're calling the Biden administration now, the regime is importing entire U.S. state populations. An enormous caravan. It's got 6,000 immigrants. Is reportedly barreling its way toward our southern border. Video footage shows many hanging on top of a train on their trek up here. A caravan of at least 6,000 continues to make its way to the southern border of the U.S., many headed to El Paso. These 6,000 migrants in the caravan have been moving steadily towards America for weeks, taking a similar route to hundreds of thousands before them traveled through difficult terrain. According to Mexican news outlet El Dario, the day after Christmas, a camp named El Almillo, close to the Almillo train station, was already empty as the foot of people moves on to its next stage in Juarez. This group of migrants come as Border Patrol agents recorded the highest number of illegal... I'm not even going to go any further with that. You guys know We don't need to tell you that. This is like beating you over the head with the same old song. You're hearing it from us every day, me and every other person in media. And the reason is we're going to get to the point where there's going to be a tipping point where Americans, I mean real Americans, not sham Americans, not people scamming our system, but the hardcore American citizens, some of them born here, Many of them legally immigrated from other countries. Those Americans say, we've had enough. And kick these nut jobs out of office in D.C. and replace them with people that will honor the same commitment in his his (laughs) inauguration. I wish it was impeachment. What he committed he was going to do in his inauguration. Support the Constitution, and keep America safe for Americans. We got to have people up there that agree with that, or they don't need to be up there. House Speaker Mike Johnson, he's shammed. I mean, just ripped them apart, the administration yesterday, for floating the idea in Mexico, which they did. This is another, I mentioned this a minute ago, this is another big stupidity coming out of those two people that should be the last people on the totem pole determining who's going to meet with Mexico's governor, Antony Blinken, 
and Alejandro Mayorkas. Johnson went nuts when they started talking about granting millions of illegals amnesty. He slammed the administration after a meeting on Wednesday between Blinken, Mayorkas, and Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador. Following the meeting, all three released a joint statement teasing the potential for amnesty for the millions of illegal aliens already in the United States. The delegations, and incidentally, just so you know, in normal America, you know, what we had back in, oh, I don't know, 2016. (laughs) In normal America, the American people would just take for granted. People are breaking the law. We'll stop them. We'll, We'll end this. It'll be over. Donald Trump, he had the southern border in the best shape it's been in in decades. And I mean, that includes some Republican administrations. You understand that. People coming in had trickled into almost a few. They were being forced to comport to the rule of law. If they came here illegally, and they didn't have a right to file for amnesty and wait for a hearing, they were immediately sent back to Mexico. In fact, the Mexican government, that was part of a deal we made with them. And they stayed over there until their hearing date came up. First day in office, Biden tore it up and said, I'm going to do it my way. I don't care what the law says. I don't care what federal immigration law says about any of this. We're going to do it my way. How can I say that? Because I'm Joe Biden. I'm president of the United States. I was the boss of operating the government under Barack Obama for eight years. He has been heard actually claiming that. And those people now are running. They're screaming and hollering, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. The same people that created the circumstances that are literally causing the sky to fall. There's nobody in office now in the Biden administration, not one that has the ability to do anything about it. It's too far gone. We are looking exactly like the nations in Europe looked six years ago. Remember when they had that mass migration, the slam of people from Northern Africa and the Middle East getting on boats, crossing the Mediterranean, ending up in nations like Greece and Italy and finding their way up to Mexico, Austria. And they were doing exactly what Democrats are doing here for a couple of years, y'all come on in, come on in. They were doing it for the same reason this administration is doing it. They want a permanent voting class, registered Democrats, made legally citizens, so they can always vote Democrat, and Democrats can totally control the government. Yeah, that democracy thing, we're going to manipulate democracy so we can keep Republicans and other conservatives from being part of the government process, that's what this is all about. And guess what happened in Europe? They woke up. 
kind of like we're waking up now. It became unsustainable. Their crime went through the roofs. I've heard stories. I even saw television examples of in major cities in Germany, people, honest German citizens, could not go outside their houses after the sun went down on these big cities because immigrants were going crazy. They were raping women in the streets. They were pillaging, breaking, stealing. And finally, they said no more. They stopped it. Legal immigration now in Germany is triple to, I mean, just nothing, because they got smoked, kind of like we're getting right now. So, anyway, Mike Johnson's on top of it. That's only one person. And it's not just now Republicans that are worried about it and doing something or trying to do something, doing what they can do. If you've got a president that's a Democrat, a Senate's a Democrat-controlled government operation, there's very little you can do. Isn't it, isn't it a shame that we have to even talk like this regarding lawlessness in our government? The American president thumbing his nose at the rule of law from day one when he became president? never has apologized for it, and has never been held accountable for it. Meanwhile, who's paying the price? Everyday Americans. And he's out there lying every day, telling American people the media won't report this the right way. They're telling you these lies about inflation. We don't have inflation. Yeah, prices have gone up a little bit, but that's cyclical. It happens all the time. He will not acknowledge any of his mistakes, which is no different from Joe Biden over his entire 50-year career in politics. He doesn't give a rip, and he doesn't care what you or I think, and he's going to keep on doing it. And the Democrat Party is not only letting it happen, they're pushing hard as they can to make it even worse. Have you ever wanted to learn a new language like French, Spanish, or Russian, but thought it would be too difficult and time-consuming? Then go to Babbel.com and try it for free. Babbel works because it's built around real life. It teaches you everyday practical conversations that you will actually use. In 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. Babbel uses a modern conversation-based technique that makes language engaging, fun, and memorable. It starts by teaching you words and phrases. Then, sentences gradually get more complex. Soon, you're practicing short conversations about real-life topics. Babbel is created by language experts who use the space repetition method to help you learn quickly and remember what you learned. With Babbel, you can speak a new language. Babbel, language for life. Celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. Just go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Raid Shadow Legends. I mean, wow. <laughs> you pick your champions. They're glorious. And their shields, oh, they glisten like... Uh, wet otters but the bad guys they're lovecraftian they're spooky they're um um big and then you go to battle and it's like 
And finally, your foe is vanquished, and that satisfaction is such a primal feeling. Ooh. Download Raid Shadow Legends. Play for free. Welcome to McDonald's. May I take your order? Hi, can I get a... Uh... Can I get a... Okay, get in the McDonald's. Ooh, can I get a... Uh, can I get a... Yeah, can uh, I get a... Uh... 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 Go, Bubba, go! Uh... Hey, can I get a... Uh, Ten-piece chicken McNuggets. And what sauce would you like with that? Uh... In the clown car of the deep state, you will never find a greater den of scum and villainy. You need a hero. Here again, blaster in hand, is Dan Newman. We're not going to get bogged down with this immigration stuff. We could spend all day doing it, but all we're doing is beating the same drum the exact same way, and nothing's happening, but it gets worse every day until something changes. We shouldn't obsess about it because there's nothing you and I can do, except hopefully we'll be able to vote for whoever we want to replace Joe Biden come next November. And right now, to be quite honest, that's up in the air. Oh my gosh, Dan, do you really mean that? Do you believe there's a scenario in which they could unilaterally, without voters weighing in, keep Donald Trump from being on the ballot? Well, they're trying. 18 states have given it a shot. Think about that. Now, that is not states, the whole states, going in that direction. It's from lawsuits that are filed in those states. And courts are the ones that are making the decision. And at the state level, many court members, judges, they're playing politics with this. We saw it happen first in Colorado. It happened in Maine. Yesterday, the Secretary of State took Donald Trump off the ballot there. All of this is going to be tested all the way to the Supreme Court. In fact, it's going to happen in the next two weeks. But before we leave the southern border, that bard, that great orator from Louisiana, Louisiana U.S. Senator John Kennedy weighed in yesterday about what Biden is doing with our southern border. Wanted you to hear this. Louisiana, Louisiana Senator John Kennedy sits on the Judiciary Committee. He joins me now. Senator Kennedy, so Biden's DOJ wants to stop Abbott from protecting the people of Texas. And then House Speaker Mike Johnson had this to say about that meeting that Mayorkas had down in Mexico. At a time when America is experiencing the worst border crisis in our nation's history, it is unconscionable to hear that the Biden administration's announcement that they discussed with the president of Mexico amnesty for illegal immigrants. So they go down to Mexico to discuss amnesty. Caitlin, last uh, last Saturday, President Biden uh, blamed the uh, the media for his unpopularity. The truth is that most members of the media have tried to help him. In my state, for example, our two largest newspapers are run by uh, members of the moon wing of the Democratic Party, and they publish accordingly. Hmm. But in Louisiana, President Biden is about as popular as herpes. 
Um, why is that? Two reasons. Number one, the people of Louisiana are not stupid. Number two, they think the Biden administration is. They think that its stupidity runs from the river to the sea. Uh, exhibit A is the open border. Uh, President Biden has dissolved the southern border. Our problems at the southern border are man-made, and that man's name is Joe Biden, and the people in Louisiana and, and the mm. American people know it. Yet he blames the media for his unpopularity. It's hard to believe that the president could be that obtuse. Um, I, I guess if you ask him where Jordan is, he would say retired. But uh, that's that's where we are in America today. And meanwhile, over in the Senate, there's these discussions going on about foreign aid as it pertains to border security funding. You know, I want to know your thoughts. I would talk to Byron Donalds last night, congressman, and he said we need the Senate to pass H.R. 2, which is essentially the Trump border plan that needs to be a part of this. Well, we, we could we could uh, I, I don't know yet. Uh, what's going to happen in the Senate. There will not be a supplemental appropriations bill passed uh, unless, uh, unless we take steps to secure the border. We could secure the border in six weeks if we just did five things. Uh, number one, it's illegal to sneak into our country or try to. If you're caught, you should be deported. Number two, if you claim asylum and you lose, you should be deported. If to that we add a remain in Mexico program and a safe third country policy and a wall, the border would be secured in six weeks. But President Biden does not want to secure the border. He obliterated it. As the senator said, he just erased it. It's dissolved. Our border is gone, at least our southern border, because of Joe Biden. The American people are awakening. Maybe not the political class, the hard leftist political class. They're still all in for what Biden is doing down there because they're all in. They were part of the creation of the process and the reasoning for justifying it. The only way it can be justified is to be honest about it. Otherwise, it's going to hang out there, which it still is, and that is to create voters that will be obligated to vote Democrats. Don't think for a second, if they get these people in the United States, the left will not find a way to give them citizenship and or the right to vote. They know they're a dying political class in America. Everyday Americans have awakened, more and more of them, especially in this administration, and realized Conservatives have had it right for many years, and the left have talked down to voters for many, many years and diminished any belief that they formerly had, and now many Democrats are switching. They're leaving the Democrat Party. Case in point, if Biden believes he has the home state advantage in his swing state that he hails as his, Pennsylvania, going into the 2024 election, he's losing his voters, his Democrat voters in Pennsylvania. Now, Biden may have been born there in the Keystone State. New voter data reveals that as of yesterday, 
more than 35,000 Democrats in Pennsylvania, 35,589 to be exact, have ditched the Democrat Party and re-registered with the Republican Party this year. 35,000. In contrast, Newsweek reports 15,000 registered Republicans have switched their party affiliation to Democrat. (laughs) There were also 21,000 former Democrats and 19,000 former Republicans who are now unaffiliated with either party. That means they're independent. That means they're leaving the party process and they're deciding we're no longer going to vote for the party affiliation tag they wear. We're going to vote for people and vote against people based upon our determination of who's best to lead us, Republican or Democrat. And it will be a election-by-election decision. It's a net loss of 20,000 Democrats, a huge blow to Biden. Remember, he only won the state of Pennsylvania by roughly 80,000 votes last time around. Eric Telford, a senior vice president of public affairs at the Commonwealth Foundation, says the numbers should have alarm bells ringing for Team Biden and the Democrat Party. Current voter registration trends and polling in Pennsylvania should be setting off alarms for Biden and Democrats at the state and national level with pocketbook issues remaining the top concern of voters who overwhelmingly feel that things are headed in the wrong direction. To the state's victor, Pennsylvania's prize, listen to this, 20 electoral votes. That's the fifth most of any state in the union. That's a big deal. To put that into perspective, between 1932 and 1988, only two presidential candidates made it to the White House without Pennsylvania's backing. And according to Newsweek, no Democrat has been elected president without the state since 1948. Oh, by the way, it was former President Trump who broke Pennsylvania's 24-year-long blue streak in 2016. In 2020, after a great deal of campaigning in the state, Biden managed to flip a couple of counties that swung from former President Obama to Trump in 2016, performed better than Hillary in parts of Trump country, and scored big with suburban voters. But three pivotal Pennsylvania counties that played a big part in Biden's 2020 win, that's Allegheny Bucks in Westmoreland, now represent the largest net losses for Democrats. And you're going to see these kinds of things happen more and more and more as we move closer to the 2024 election. People got to vote for who they think is best for keeping them safe and keeping things affordable. Well, they can't say now that anybody can keep things affordable. Nothing's affordable. But turn this ship around and get us back to where the people are represented for what we want our leaders to do for us instead of the other way around. I don't even know if we'll ever get back there. I really don't. I'm not being pessimistic. I just can't get a pulse on what's going to happen because, and I'm going to say this, 
I'm an election denier. I think Joe Biden did not legally win the 2020 election. I'm a denier. And people that still to this day come out and say there's no proof there was voter fraud. There's plenty of it out there. Much of it has been adjudicated in courts. The problem is to do that, it takes years to get it through the court process. And the left and media have shut down the discussions online and on television and other types of media by making people feel stupid and threatening people. We have people today that are in prison in Washington, D.C. that haven't even yet been tried. And it's all based upon election deniers' feelings that Donald Trump got hosed in 2020, and they were stupid enough to go talk about it publicly. That's not supposed to happen in a democracy, is it? We're supposed to be able to reason with each other and share our thoughts and ideas and compare with each other without being threatened to be thrown in prison just for doing that. Do you realize our nation is looking more and more like a Russia in the West? This kind of stuff that's going on now that Biden's doing, the FBI is doing, the CIA is doing, in cahoots with the state media, it's exactly what happens in totalitarian nations. We're trying to peach, preach to these dictators in Central and South America about you're destroying your country. You've got to stop putting your thumb on the election process. You've got to let everybody that wants to run and is qualified to run for election. you got to do that. And then we're doing the exact same thing Joe is preaching to them. They got to quit doing. It's happening, folks. It's happening. I don't know if you heard, but the the Democrat Party Secretary of State Rep in Colorado, Jenna Griswold, has urged the Supreme Court to quickly uphold the decision barring former President Donald Trump from the state's ballot. Now, we won't go into the story again, but she did do something that kind of shocked me. And I think maybe somebody above her called her and got her attention and said, hey, wait a minute, until this is resolved at the Supreme Court, you need to put him back on the ballot at least. This is not a general election ballot we're talking about. This is a party ballot. And she did make it public yesterday She's putting him back on the ballot until the Supreme Court makes their ruling, which is anticipated here shortly. Now, I don't know if that's good or bad. I think maybe she may be trying to save her skin. Because I don't think, even in Colorado, they're going to accept a state-level power broker in politics in the state determine things that are contrary to the rule of law in the U.S. Constitution. Remember, this thing that happened in Maine yesterday, this is not the state legislature. This is a secretary of state that was voted on, but she was not voted on to determine who can run for office and who cannot in the state of Maine. Same thing holds true in Colorado. Let's switch gears. 
We still have this mess underway over in the Middle East. We can't get our arms around it. We can't get a clear report of where our president is and where our military leaders are. We've all stood by in shock and watched 103 different times hardcore jihadis have attacked our installations in the Middle East where we have military people stationed. And we were told initially it was no big deal. There were minor injuries. We found out that about 10 of them have permanent brain damage. And then one was severely injured on Wednesday. We don't know what those injuries are. But we're not doing anything. It's the old Barack Obama, Joe Biden red line thing. They failed in when Basra Assad was gassing his own people, killing his own people in Syria. Biden told him not to do it again. He kept on doing it, and we did nothing. Unless the bully believes you not only can do something to deter him from doing something wrong, but will do it, and this president, this defense secretary, they're not in that class. They're not going to do squat. So what do we do? How do we stop this? I mean, it's going to get worse and worse and worse until somebody kicks the bully in the mouth. And it doesn't look like that's going to be us. It may be Israel. If they start really getting bad on Israel, I'm talking about the so-called neighbors in that area, I can see Benjamin Netanyahu saying what Donald Trump said to shut Iran down from attacking Americans overseas. He killed the number one general in the Iranian Guard. That's the terrorist organization that runs all their military stuff. Soleimani was the leader, the general. Trump warned them. They went ahead and kept on doing it. And they droned Soleimani. They killed him. Lindsey Graham has weighed in talking about what Joe should do in Iran. We are now at, what, 103 attacks on our troops in Iraq and Syria. And then 21 international vessels have also been attacked by the Houthis in the Red Sea. How did we get to these numbers? Uh, Weakness. We're fighting the Houthis. We beat the Germans and the Japanese. We should be able to beat the Houthis. Uh, Secretary Austin and the Biden administration's failing our troops in the field. I admire him. Uh, he's a patriot, but he's not doing a good job protecting the soldiers. I asked him a couple of months ago, Joey, what you were talking about. Is there a red line? Would you tell our enemies publicly that if you kill an American, we're coming after you? Without Iran, there are no Houthis. The Houthis are completely backed by Iran. I've been saying for six months now, hit Iran. They have oil fields out in the open. They have the um, Revolutionary Guard headquarters you can see from space. Blow it off the map. If you really want to protect American soldiers, make it real to the Ayatollah. You attack a soldier through a proxy, we're coming after you. 
You know, I, 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 I've watched you over the years because I fought in Iraq and Afghanistan. God and God. I always say, I may not always agree with you, but it seems like you're the most honest person on Capitol Hill because you say... Bar is low. You, well, I mean, that's fair, but that's not for me to say right now. Uh, you say constantly or consistently that it may be that we just leave troops in the Middle East and we do it on our own terms rather than talk about ending these wars. I saw President Bush claim victory in Iraq. I saw yeah. President Obama right, right. say the war was over. And yeah. I even saw President Trump say say that he defeated ISIS, which was largely Iraqi-based yeah. uh, militants. But here we are in 2023. We have three <clears throat> American service members injured. We have 103 attacks. What is the answer to Americans dying in the country of Iraq? To make sure they don't fight us here, we have to fight them over there. The border is your last line of defense, not your first. It's people like you in their face in Iraq and Afghanistan and Syria that keeps them from organizing to hit us here. Are you worried about a terrorist attack on our country? You ought to be because after Afghanistan, all these nut jobs are on steroids. My view is work with people in the region who reject the ideology, keep them disrupted over there. You can fight them in our backyard or their backyard. I pick our backyard to be safe, their backyard to fight. You can have it, uh, uh, allies or do it by yourself. I, I, I pick allies. It's a religious war. They're not gonna stop. The reason you lost your legs is because they wanna kill everybody who doesn't agree with their religion. These people are crazy. They're religious Nazis. Hit them over there before they hit them us. And you don't need 100,000 troops, but you need some. People like you, Joey, who will get in their face in Afghanistan so they don't have the time to hit America. That's the only way to be safe in this war. And over the arc of time, people in the region will change. You see Saudi Arabia changing. I wish I had a simple answer. There is no answer other than fighting them over there smartly. Don't you get tired of having to beat the same old drum? Hearing it from the same old people saying the same things, the right things, what should be being done. People that are knowledgeable, have the expertise, the know-how, have seen it happen before. Most of them have been part of it before. And they're ignored by people who are supposedly endowed with ultimate, absolute understanding of everything having the knowledge of what to do and what not to do. And the reason that they have that ability is because they were elected or appointed and they don't, they're not accountable to any, anybody, especially not the people of the United States. What's it going to take for Antony Blinken to finally step up and be honest about what should happen and it turns into another Afghanistan. And then he started lying after the pullout of Afghanistan, did it so rapidly, we won't even go to the results of that. We all know. But he and his fellow Democrats in the Biden administration were given a written plan that Trump and Mike Pompeo put together for the withdrawal. And it had been agreed to by the Taliban, the leader of the Taliban, in a phone call with, not a phone call, a Zoom call, with former President Donald Trump. And he was making sure the deal that Pompeo had got agreement with, the leader of the Taliban, Trump was making sure he was doubling down to confirm 
that this guy was committed to do it the way he had agreed to, and he told him in the call, and I'm 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 just kind of kind of glossing over the details of the call, but basically Trump showed the guy a picture on a Zoom call, and it was a picture of his personal home. And Trump said, if you violate one sentence of the content in this agreement, we know where you live. Here's where you live. We're going we're gonna to destroy your house, and if anybody's in it at the time, them too. I saw a draft copy of the agreement. Other American media people did as well. Blinken, when all this happened, people he was Secretary of State. He's the one that should have orchestrated, done all the planning for all of this stuff because it involves interaction with other nations. And his response was, when he was pointed out that he did not follow that agreement, it was a two-way deal, and we didn't do what we committed to do. And so the Taliban just walked away from it because Blinken, our Secretary of State, did. Blinken lied about it and said, we never had a deal. We never saw a deal. I had it. I'd had it for more than a year. If me at TNN Live had it, how many other people had it? And Blinken, the Secretary of State, said he'd never seen it. That may be true. He may didn't see it. But if he didn't see it, that's on him and his leader, President Biden. We just get stick, sick of this stuff. It's over and over and over. Our country has now totally turned and walked away from the tenets of this nation functioning in our government as Government of the people, by the people, and for the people. They have just torn that up. They don't even try to cover it up anymore. They're not there. They don't care about what we think. You know how we know that? They just determine, and when I say they, I'm talking about top to bottom in the Biden administration, the FBI. The FBI, they lie so much now in public And they know that we know they're lying, but there's nothing we can do about it because the only people that can hold any member of the FBI, and for that matter, any of our other secretary board cabinet members and leaders, the only thing that we can do about it is wait till the next election. If the president of the United States who appoints them if he wants them to stay in, yeah, we can we can impeach him. That why does that never happen? Well, it's hard. It's difficult. Why is that? Because you've got to have the entire House of Representatives, the entire US Senate, and whoever's in the White House in your corner to get it done. <laughs> When's the last time that happened? So we operate our entire government over social issues now. Social issues. What are you talking about, Dan? Well, over a year after a Colorado Starbucks barista was fired simply because he was trying to organize a union, Starbucks was ordered by a judge to rehire the guy. 
Federal Administrative Law Judge Ira Sandrin found that Ali Alandra Lynn Harris, Alandra Lynn Harris was unlawfully fired November 22nd for organizing a union in order that Starbucks not only needed to give her her job back, but also compensated with back pay and a letter of apology. There's a lot of feelings. Harris told CBS Colorado station KCNC, I'm incredibly validated. This is the barista. It really hits different when a legal document tells you you were treated unjustly. The barista at Starbucks Superior location was fired in 2022 after successfully leading the charge to get her store to become the first to be unionized in the state. She warned us an anti-union manager is going to come in here. They're going to drop the axe. They're going to start really firing you for small infractions or things you didn't know about. And lo and behold, after a month of working with her, that's exactly what she started doing, Harris said of the temporary manager. She started firing people for being a minute or two late, started firing people for dress code infractions. In the fall of 2022, Harris was notified she allegedly mishandled counting the store safe, then received a final notice despite not having any prior infractions during her employment. Harris was later accused of leaving the door unlocked and cash unattended. I was her main target, Harris said. A month later, she was fired after joining co-workers in the Red Cup Rebellion as employees walked off the job in a strike for contract negotiations. I went to the National Labor Relations Board in Denver. I brought my concerns to them and said, hey, I was just fired from the company, this company. I was engaged in organizing a union. I'm pretty positive they fired me for union organizing, Harris said. Starbucks fought back but they lost. Now the company plans to appeal the decision, naturally. We firmly disagree with the administrative law judge recommendations and tend to file exceptions or an appeal in this matter. That's from Starbucks. The record demonstrates Harris was separated following progressive discipline for violations of established safety, security, and cash handling policies not in retaliation for their participation in, support of, any concerted union activities. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. Doesn't matter if that's true or not, right? So, one good thing that's happening in all of this national and international uproar in all the areas that we're talking about, election stuff, where we are in the Russia Ukrainian war, where we are in the Israel-Hamas war, where we are in our economical issues across the nation. It's easy to get bogged down in all that, and we lose sight of things. And I mentioned the state of Pennsylvania earlier. We gave you numbers about how many Republicans, registered Republicans, And registered Democrats in Pennsylvania are making switches. It's a massive number. 35,000 Democrats in Pennsylvania have switched their party affiliation to Republican. That's a swing state. And that's one that Joe Biden reportedly won 
by not a lot more votes than the ones we just told you had switched parties to Republican. Steve Moore, this morning on Fox News, he weighed in on what's going on with all these blue states. People are not just changing parties. They're leaving these states in droves. And the left, they're, they got to be getting tired because they give us these crazy explanations when they're asked, why are all these people leaving? They don't want to talk about the real reasons, do they? California isn't the only one taking a population hit. Since 2011, 6 million Americans have moved from blue states over to red states. For more on this, let's bring in FreedomWorks Chief Economist and Committee to Unleash Prosperity co-founder Steve Moore. Steve, it's always great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being here. Um, not surprising to me that the blue, blue state exodus continues. I mean, you see what's happening with respect to taxes, cost of living, um, and now mm -hmm. I'll, I'll add to that, I mean, especially here in New York City, the migrant crisis, yeah. which is happening in a lot of other blue state cities as well. Um, and, and you say to yourself, of course people are going to greener pastures. Yeah, you know, I've been following this story for 40 years. It's the most important story in America right now is the reshaping of America and the, and the shift of the center of gravity uh, culturally and economically from the Northeast to the South. And th this has been going on, as I said, for four decades. But what's different now, Sean and Jackie, is that it's accelerating. And you're seeing the wealthier people moving out, for, as, as you guys were just talking about, because of the high taxes. That Look, the two highest tax states in the country are New York and California. Is it any coincidence that those are the two states that are losing their businesses, their millionaires and billionaires? And of course, they are going to Florida and Texas. And Again, it's accelerating. It's not slowing down. These blue states, like New York and California, my home state of Illinois, they either have to, to change or they're going to be bled to death. And the human heart gravitates towards freedom. And we see people going to places where they can keep more yes. of their money and they have less regulation. That's right. That's what we want as human beings. And it's interesting to, to your point you just made. Uh, these these states have a choice. They can either try to raise taxes even more to make up for the gap that they're losing for for uh, big wage earners leaving, or they can actually see what red states are doing and cut taxes, cut regulation. Exactly. What do they do, Steve? Where do they go from here? Because it's a it's a tough situation politically to lower taxes, but um, to raise taxes, which is maybe easy, it's going to cause more of a deficit. You better believe it. And Sean, you know, I'd like to think that, that that all of a sudden these blue states are seeing the light, but they're not. They're not. I live in Maryland. Maryland yeah. is a blue state. And there's just a big article in the uh, Baltimore Sun saying, oh, we're running a deficit. We have to raise taxes on the rich again. Like, you people yeah. don't get it. They if don't. you keep doing this, there aren't going to be any rich people to tax anymore. And Adams is saying the same thing here in New York City. He's got a lot of money yeah. to make up on the budget. He's going to take the last few people who do pay taxes and just really try to squeeze them dry. Um, just while I have you, real quick, Steve, new year, new minimum wage. Workers yeah. in half the states are going to be seeing a bump in their pay come 2024. Everyone's happy yeah. when you make more money, but don't be fooled when Democrats tout this as a win. It's it's not. Rather, it's a necessity because of the inflation that they've caused from Bidenomics. And Steve, you know this. When we did the, uh, the new tax bill in 2018, we made sure we pegged it to inflation, which is why we're seeing a little more money in our paychecks because inflation has been so high. Not a great story, but but I guess a little bit of a benefit from some smart legislating back in 2018. 
Well, look, I mean, the problem is you've got some of these the very blue states we were just talking about that, look, I'm for a reasonable minimum wage, but you're talking about some states going to 15, 20, even $22 an hour. What are you going to do, Sean? You're going to price out of the market anybody with low skill. The people at the bottom of the economic ladder are the ones who get killed by that. If you can't get on the bottom rung of the economic ladder, you can't climb up the economic yeah. ladder. Well, Pizza Hut is having to put drivers, you know, to basically fire drivers because they want $20 an hour. Yep. So, that, I mean, it, the, the business right. model just doesn't work. Steve Moore? Thank yep, you, Steve. Destroy jobs. We've known that for 30 years. You've been <laughs> saying it for 30, it. 40 years, Steve. Hopefully Democrats will start to listen to you. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you. Thanks, Steve Moore. You too. Take All care. right. None of this, none of it makes any sense. It just doesn't. It's crazy, but it's almost like an entire political party has just lost their minds. They are almost exactly backwards from the reality of the situations they claim. They know what they're doing, and they know what to do to fix all the stuff, and we need to quit carping at them and just let them do what they know better than we know, we being conservative Americans. And while that's happening, Rome is burning. You remember that? Oh, my gosh. It's absolutely crazy. Well, Joe Biden walked outside, licked his finger, and stuck it in the air regarding what he should do about this Russia-Ukrainian war. You're not going to believe this. We've got that coming up next. It's a biggie. Talking with you, not at you. Intelligent Conversation. TNN. Here's the latest traffic report. Looks like miles of trouble-free driving with Napa Auto Parts. Your local Napa Auto Parts dealer in Modesto has a full line of quality parts for your car or truck. Napa Auto Parts keeps America running, and Modesto Auto and Truck is ready to keep your vehicle running in tip-top shape for years to come. So if you think your car or truck needs help under the hood, think of Napa Auto Parts at Modesto Auto and Truck Parts, 924 G Street in downtown Modesto, 529-8342. 529-8342. Ah, luxury. The aroma is full-bodied, the flavor is decadent, the touch divine, and the drive Yes, the drive of luxury is simply Infinity. Introducing the Infinity Luxury Test Tour. If you think you are familiar with luxury, you haven't driven an Infinity. Infinity of Elk Grove invites you to truly become familiar with luxury and take a luxury test tour. It's like a test drive, but with more luxury. We invite you to drive luxury to luxury, not for an hour or even a day, but for an entire weekend. Your choice. Select your Infinity and motor off to a luxury weekend in Lake Tahoe or Napa Valley. And yes, all the luxury is on us. Introduce yourself to LuxuryTestTour.com and truly become familiar with luxury. Infinity of Elk Grove is literally giving you the keys to a luxury experience like none other. LuxuryTestTour.com. Drive luxury, drive infinity. Infinity of Elk Grove. Expect more. We don't tell you what to think, but we give you truth to think about. This is TNN, the Truth News Network. Truthnewsnet.org. Just a reminder, there will be no show, no TNN Live or podcast afterwards on Monday. Just want to make sure you don't forget that. We will not be here Monday. Taking one day off. 
but we'll be back on Tuesday. And by the way, Steve Baker will be with us as is usual in our second hour on Tuesday. You know, we've been told time and time again about this Ukraine war. The only acceptable outcome with Russia is a total Zelensky victory over the Kremlin's forces. And if you didn't agree, you're clearly a puppet of Russia's President Vladimir Putin. Well, the tide on that thought is turning. According to Politico, sources at Politico, including a Biden administration official and a Washington-based European diplomat, the White House and the Pentagon, despite insisting there's been no official change of heart, they're joining some European officials in pivoting away from a total win over Russia, sliding down the spectrum of possibilities to a negotiated end to the war. According to Michael Hirsch, he's at Politico, such a negotiation would likely mean giving up parts of Ukraine, giving them back to Russia. The White House and Pentagon publicly insist there's no official change in administration policy, that they still support Ukraine's aim of forcing Russia's military completely out of the country. But along with the Ukrainians themselves, U.S. and European officials are now talking about the redeployment of Kyiv's forces away from Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky's mostly failed counteroffensive into a stronger defensive position against Russian forces from the east. That's according to the administration official and the European diplomat and confirmed by a senior administration official. What does this mean? Air defense systems have been beefed up. Fortifications have been built. Razor wire, anti-tank measures have been deployed along Ukraine's border with Belarus. In addition, this political writer, Hirsch, says, the Biden administration is focused on rapidly resurrecting Ukraine's own defense industry to supply the desperately needed weaponry the U.S. Congress is balking at replacing. The defensive maneuvers, the administration official, a White House spokesperson who was given a non-anonymity because they are not authorized to speak on the record, told Politico, this week, they are in an effort to improve Ukraine's position in any future negotiations. That's been our theory of the case throughout. The only way this war ends is through negotiation. We want Ukraine to have the strongest hand possible when that negotiation thing begins to unfold. No talks have been planned, and Ukrainian forces are still on the offensive in some places. We want them to be in a stronger position to hold their territory. That's from this spokesperson. It's not that we're discouraging them from launching any new offensive. So this shift in strategy will prove tricky for President Biden. Why? 2024 election is heating up. As it helps Ukraine shift to a more defensive posture, the Biden administration can appear to be handing the advantage to Putin after since the war began and constantly, constantly insisting that it stands fully behind Zelensky's pledge of victory over Moscow. Online, the sentiment's being echoed. 
which is what always happens in these things. Somebody says it, and then it's parroted. Somebody else picks up on it, repeats it right on down the line. The White House signals to Politico that the war in Ukraine will end through negotiation, probably by giving up territory, something which, if you said six months ago, made you Putin's right-hand man. Another user on X called the U.S. establishment heartless for vowing to fight to the last Ukrainian. A Twitter person, Helio Wave, said this. Everyone knew this was only possible outcome besides all-out World War III, yet they still sent nearly a million people to their deaths for economic gain. We'll fight to the last Ukrainian. That's from the U.S. establishment, and Helio Wave said that's heartless. One congressional official who is familiar with the thinking of the Biden administration, I don't know who that could be. (laughs) Who knows? I don't think anybody knows what the thinking of the Biden administration is. Anyway, this official from Congress told Politico, those discussions about peace talks are starting but the administration can't back down publicly because of the political risk to Joe Biden. John Kirby, head of strategic communications at the NSC, the National Security Council, admitted that Washington is nearing the end of our ability to provide military assistance to Ukraine and blamed Republicans, of course, for blocking Biden's approximate $60 billion request for more aid for Zelensky's embattled nation. The Biden administration, Kirby said in a December 21st interview, is very much focused on helping them on offense and defense. We're having literally daily conversations with the Ukrainians about the battlefield, about what their needs are and their intentions, Kirby said, adding he is not going to telegraph the Russians what the Ukrainian strategy is in coming months. Hearst said this, Over the past year, with U.S. military support flagging fast on Capitol Hill and Zelensky's once-vaunted counteroffensive failing since it was launched in June, Biden has shifted from promising the U.S. would back Ukraine for as long as it takes to saying the U.S. will provide support as long as we can and contending that Ukraine has won an enormous victory already, Putin has failed. So how do you define that? What does that actually mean? I think it's it's code for this. Get ready to declare a partial victory. Find a way to at least a truce or cease fire with Moscow once that would leave Ukraine partially divided. Citing a report in the New York Times, Hearst said the Ukraine and Russia remain largely stalemated, but Putin may now be signaling He's willing to compromise if he's allowed to keep approximately 20% of Ukrainian territory that he partially controls in the east. Asked to respond to the Times report, that anonymous White House spokesperson said, I'm not aware of any serious discussions at this point. Does this not illustrate to you the fecklessness of everybody top to bottom in the administration. I think everybody that has a brain at all, they've left his administration. The ones that are there seem to be totally upside down in their thinking on pretty much everything. 
Why do we feel like we are the endowed country that is obligated for some reason to go in and intervene and spend a lot of money giving away billions of dollars to these foreign countries that end up in a conflict with somebody else and we pick sides and we think we have the right to pick winners and losers in these things when we don't. We don't have any business being there. I understand the leaders on the other side of this issue, the ones that are out there. They're being attacked by some of these bullies around all over the globe, and they want financial help so they can turn that into military help. I understand that. But who anointed us to be the one that is going to be totally responsible to make sure none of our so-called allies loses to any of their enemies. We're not endowed for that. We just have these leaders that come to Washington, D.C., the bureaucrat leaders. You know, Donald Trump was the first president that was absolutely the opposite of a bureaucrat. There was no political bureaucracy in his brain. He grew up, and in his professional career, very obviously, He went right to the core of the structure. Everything made sense. If it didn't made sense, if it didn't work, he did away with it and replaced it with something else that worked. Politicization is exactly opposite of that. Look what what happened out in Seattle. Seattle, they were the ones that propped up Black Lives Matter in the very beginning. Remember it? All that money came in there and what happened to George Floyd in Minneapolis that set everybody up against the cops? Seattle was all into that. Well, this week they stepped in. They have turned a Black Lives Matter garden into a patch of dirt. And their reasoning for doing it was drug use, rampant homelessness there, vandalism, and the fact that the garden had never produced a thing except a lot of crime. Members of Seattle, Washington Parks and Recreation Department, along with city cops, removed a community garden planted in Cal Anderson Park as part of the BLM protest in 2020. City officials said in a statement, the makeshift temporary garden was being removed because of public health and safety concerns, as well as for maintenance reasons, including reseeding and turf restoration. Tent encampments there were ostensibly removed from the area in an effort to clean up the space and restore safety to residents who frequent the nearby park. So far this year, City's Unified Care Team in Seattle has cleaned up encampments at Cal Anderson Park 76 times, making the park one of the most frequently addressed areas in the city for repopulated encampments. Oh, there were incidents of vandalism, the park's bathrooms, open-air public drug use, a rat infestation, tent encampments plaguing the site. According to the Seattle Times, the garden was going to be removed in October, but the group that started the garden, the Black Star Farmers, threw a fit. In fact, the group petitioned over 5,000 signatures from people against the park's removal, citing the garden honors black and indigenous people killed by the police. The BLM group, 
They asserted that the park provided community members a place for joy and healing as plants like amaranth, tobacco, corn, currants, strawberries, and more grow there. All of these social causes that have been forced on the American people around the country and still are in many ways, they have taken over our major private corporations, also our military, our education levels in all public areas, DEI, politically correctness, transgenderism, all of these social so-called good processes, the ones that they are using to replace the evil, hardcore, anti-freedom Americans. And they forced those down our throats. We had to adhere. I mean, people were kicked out of our military. A voluntary force were kicked out of our military because they didn't want to take a COVID-19 vaccine, and they were given discharges, most of them dishonorable discharges. And now the military is saying, y'all come on back. Y'all come on back. None of these social giants they think they are, the ones that are out front in all of these charades, climate change, you name it, there's a thousand of them. And if you didn't totally agree, if you weren't all in for what the left the mob said you had to be all in about how to do it and what to do and what not to do. If you weren't there, they canceled you. You don't matter. Nothing you say matters. It's a moot point. I know it's not factual, but that's what they think. And, of course, if they think it, what does that mean? It's all right. It's all right. We haven't heard much about the impeachment inquiry ongoing about President Trump, but uh, President Biden, excuse me. But uh, Peter Ducey weighed in in a conversation with this president, Joe Biden, and he once again about the question Peter asked, Joe Biden changed his answer one more time. Listen closely. I think he's going to speak. All right, President Biden dismissing a reporter's question about his involvement in his family's dealings is, quote, a bunch of lies, but records show otherwise. Peter Ducey live at the White House with the latest. Hi, Peter. Uh, Dana, President Biden is dismissing the very premise that there was any wrongdoing here, so he is declining to explain or give any kind of context to these accusations that House Republicans think warrants an impeachment inquiry. Can you explain to the Americans, uh, to Americans submit this impeachment inquiry, why you interacted with so many of your son and brother's foreign business associates? I'm not going to comment that I did not, and it's just a bunch of lies. You didn't interact with many of their business associates? I did not. There's lies. James Comer writes on X, Joe Biden dined at Cafe Milano with oligarchs from around the world that sent his son money, joined by speakerphone with Biden family associates over 20 times, used aliases as vice president to email with his son's business associate. POTUS just continues to lie. White House officials this summer pointed us to part of sworn testimony from Hunter associate Devin Archer, where Archer said those speakerphone calls did happen and they were about things like the weather. There's this testimony now 
where one of your son's former business associates is claiming that you were on speakerphone a lot with them, talking business? Is that what... Never talk business in anybody. And I, I know you'd have a lousy question. Well, what do you... It's Why is that a lousy question? Because it's not true. Thank you, Mr. President. President Biden has been crystal clear throughout. He never talked to his son's business associates about business. But before yesterday, he never claimed that they never talked at all. Dana. All right. They, it, just like little incremental changes like that that keep everybody wondering what the heck's going on. Thank you, Peter Ducey. Of course, the reason for it all is a man doesn't remember anything. And he doesn't remember. You know, the when, when we were going through all the lying and stuff by uh, California's two premier members of the House of Representatives, Adam Schiff and his compadre that was caught betting Fang Fang, Chinese spy, they lied about everything. They do it consistently. There are a lot of people that do that. I don't know if the president falls into this category of being a um, pathological liar. Pathological liar means it's built into your actual biology, that you lie just because it's part of who you are rather than choosing to tell the truth or to lie all the time. I don't know which category Joe Biden falls in there, but it's definitely obvious he's not telling the truth and is not telling the truth all the time. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you knew this or not, but New York City's falling apart at the seams. It's social infrastructure, restaurants, nothing is the same. Everything is changing and it's not changing, you know, slowly for one particular cause like making things better for people there or bringing outside people and companies into the city to create, provide a bunch of new jobs for New Yorkers. It's not about that. It's all about social ideology. What are you talking about, Dan? Well, a newly opened New York City restaurant in Ditmitz Park is now facing big backlash over its anti-Semitic food menu. According to reports, the restaurant called Ayat, A-Y-A-T, contains a seafood section titled From the River to the Sea. Ring a bell? The menu also says Down with the Occupation. The Daily Mail notes that images from inside that restaurant show what appears to be a Palestinian children imprisoned behind bars underneath the gold dome of the Al-Aqqa Mosque complex in Jerusalem being guarded by Israeli soldiers. News, news, news. A tweet. Newly opened New York City Palestinian restaurant sparks fury with anti-Semitic seafood menu titled From the River to the Sea. Brooklyn restaurant Ayat has sparked anger with its anti-Israeli menu. Locals hit out at the seafood section being banned from the river to the sea. So the inclusion of these very controversial words and images sparked backlash from a Facebook group for Ditmas Park locals with members labeling them openly genocidal. The owners of the restaurant, Ayat Masoud and her husband, Abdul Alani, 
claimed they didn't mean any offense to Jews with this sort of language. Our interpretation on it is just simply freedom and rights to the Palestinian people between the Jordan River and the Mediterranean Sea. We're just against the Zionist mentality of like eliminate or flatten Gaza now. Our neighbors are Jews. Our friends are Jews. It's like the old days in the South. Oh, I have black people that are friends. I like black people. I like Jews. I have friends, neighbors that are Jews. Judaism and Islam, they are the two most similar religions, he said. I don't know about that either. He added that his so-called brand consists of two elements. Number one is that I will always mention the occupation of the Palestinian people. And number two is that we will always advocate for peace. But when Alani tried to explain his position on the Facebook group, he was censored, of course. According to the Daily Beast, many members of the Facebook group have made statements supporting the restaurant, offering flattering reviews of its food. Many others, however, have said they'll never eat there so long as the controversial content remains. Including among the many others is Dahlia Schweitzer, she dismissed the positive comments as virtue signaling from people who somehow think that they are making a political statement by eating at this restaurant and posting ad nauseum about it online. The Daily Beast notes she was especially offended by the river to the sea phrase. While the restaurant may claim they're just advocating for freedom, she said they're poking the hornet's nest and they know what they're doing. It just gets more and more complicated and more and more colluded. And everybody is beginning to be careful about saying and speaking anything at all. Why would that be? It's dangerous. You never know what people are going to do when you just simply say your opinion on anything. It's no longer simply, hey, You have your right to speak your opinion. I have my right to speak my opinion. Sometimes they're not going to be the same. In fact, sometimes they'll be exactly opposite of each other. But we're going to be okay because we allow each other to speak our minds. That day, my friends, is long gone. No question about it. Walls are barriers. They divide, separate, Segregate. We've seen walls before. They always fall. The verdict is in. Judge Steve Harvey is a hilariously good time. What do you think she spent the money on? Lipo and a bunch. To respond to that. Judge Steve Harvey, new Tuesday on ABC. For over 75 years, people have saved money with. Oh, with Geico. Oh, sorry. Here what? we go from the top and action. For over 75 years, people have saved money with Gecko. So Cut it. What? What did I say? Gecko. I said Gecko. Oh. For over 75 years. <laughs> Keep it together. I'm good. I'm good. <clears throat> 
for over 70 <laughs> What are you doing there? Stop making me laugh. Geico, saving people money for over 75 years. Don't look at me, don't look at me. Lowe's knows you're a craftsman guy. You have a lot of tools. Tools for everything you've done around the house. But there's the moment you realize your new project means new tools. When tool guys need new tools, they start with Lowe's. The new home of Craftsman. You're fighting back the tsunami of ignorance with Dan Newman, TNN, the Truth News Network. Once again, Joe Biden, his administration now blatantly attacking Christianity. How so, Dan? Well, the Federal Trade Commission, which is below the White House, below Joe Biden, they are taking aim at the largest Christian university in the U.S., a brand new lawsuit. Grand Canyon University, GCU, is the largest Christian university in the U.S. They have over 100,000 students enrolled and over 85,000 online students as of fall of last year. According to their website, the FTC alleged that GCU engaged in deceptive business practices with its doctoral programs and that it also engaged in illegal telemarketing practices, according to the federal complaint filed in Arizona. Grand Canyon deceives students by holding itself out as a nonprofit institution and misrepresenting the cost and number of courses required to earn a doctoral degree. That's Samuel Levine, director of the FTC's Bureau of Consumer Protection. He said that in a FTC press release Wednesday. We will continue to aggressively pursue those who seek to take advantage of students. GCU's marketing activities have also resulted in millions of abusive telemarketing calls to consumers who have specifically requested that defendants not solicit them and to individuals on the National Do Not Call Registry. That's in the lawsuit. The FTC alleged that GCU misled potential doctoral students about the time required to finish the accelerated doctoral program and illegally call prospective student apps who submitted contact information to the website but had requested not to be called. That again is in the suit. GCU is accused of violating the FTC Act and telemarketing sales rules and requested the U.S. District Court in Arizona to rule that GCU must pay prospective students for the alleged violations. The Department of Education fined GCU more than, listen to this, $37 million in October after an investigation found the school, quote, consistently misrepresented doctoral program cost. That's according to an ED, Department of Education, press release. Grand Canyon University and the FDC did not immediately respond to the Daily Caller, but I heard an interview this morning firsthand with the president of Grand Canyon, and he said very clearly, this is an enigma to everybody at Grand Canyon. 
Nothing they have alleged in this suit is true. In fact, he said, Grand Canyon University is one of the most affordable universities in the nation. We have not raised any of our cost to patient, excuse me, to students, to people online, to people that enter the doctoral program. None of it has been changed. Costs have not been raised for any reason for anything at Grand Canyon University in 15 years. They have received no personal contact, no visits, no letters, nothing. And the president of Grand Canyon University said, we'll fight it to the nth degree. Everything they alleged is simply lies to get the American public to demean and diminish Grand Canyon University just because we're a Christian university. I don't know about you, but I can find a way in my mind to agree with the president. And I don't know anything, but I would imagine he wouldn't go on national television and give specifics if it wasn't truthful, especially in line of the fact they got a $37 million lawsuit against them. That's pretty significant. Just a reminder, show TNN Live won't be here on Monday. We're taking the day off. I think you'll understand. But, of course, after that, we're here every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Central Time. Steve Baker will be with us the second hour on Tuesday. And so here's what I say to you. You guys end the year in a great way. Be careful. Have a good weekend. And Happy New Year to you. We'll see you on Tuesday.